It started as a one-off message. I received a DM on TikTok from a young woman who was asking if I had any advice on how to make friends in college. I thought to myself, well, this makes sense. The TikTok audience is younger, so of course I'm going to get that question here. But in the very same week, I received two messages on Instagram inquiring about the same thing. And still, the following week, I got an email from a mom who was relatively desperate asking if I did sessions with college students because she wanted to sign her daughter up. The young girl didn't plan on joining any sororities in school, and she wasn't quite sure how she was going to make friends without doing so. So today, we are talking about how to make friends in college. Now, for my OG listeners who just rolled their eyes and were like, girl, I've been out of college for years, I know. But let me tell you, you can pull some things from today's episode to use in your actual real adult life right now, or you can simply just send the link to this episode to a friend or younger sibling who's in college and could really use the help. Now, for my college listeners, I'm going to walk you through five strategies that you can use today to begin connecting with more people that you can eventually turn into real life friends. But before we do, I want to share a viral video with you that broke my heart. It's of a young woman who's crying on what appears to be a bathroom floor and talking about how difficult her first week of college has been. Take a listen. Hey guys. So... I just got back from an ice cream social celebrating the last full day of band camp. But I didn't socialize with anyone because I have no friends and I don't know how to make them. I I hate college. If you have ever related to that feeling of not knowing how to be strategic about something that should feel like the most natural thing in the world, making friends, then keep listening because you might find a few hacks on today's show that put you well on your way. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. So today we're going to jump right in. I'm going to hit you with five strategies to start making friends while in college, but I encourage you as always to adapt these strategies to fit your personality, your comfort level, your particular collegiate circumstance, and um, and make them work for you. Now, if after hearing these strategies, you're like, okay, this is great, but I want like a personalized experience. I you know want to talk through it with somebody. I want personal coaching to walk through this experience. We got you. For the first time ever, we're offering a college discount on our sessions for one week only. Email us at hello at betterfemalefriendships.com with the subject line college student, providing uh, proof that you are indeed a college student, and we'll walk you through the details of the offer there. But that's literally for the next seven days because college students are on my heart right now. And we're going to find a way to support you through it. Okay, so here we go. Strategy number one is very specific. What I want you to do is to go on the website for your college and I want you to find the event calendar. Now, I specifically, you know, uh, I 
prefer if you find the event calendar for a particular um college or department within your university so for example if it's the you know the college of education if that's what your focus is or you know the college of liberal arts whatever it is and to find their event calendar i want you to pinpoint the speakers who are coming who really excite you or some activities that are happening that really excite you specifically speakers though and i want you to put that on your calendar and your phone because you're going the thing is that whenever we go to these specially curated events, the event itself has already done the facilitating for us. They've put us in a room of something we're excited about. And so we don't necessarily have to come up with talking points or conversation starters for the people in the room. There's already something that serves as a buffer that has brought us together and we're equally excited about this upcoming experience. The key here is this. I need you to go early and I need you to stay a little late. What we tend to do, and this is not just in the college experience, but also with adults who are in the real world, I'm doing air quotes as well, is because of our nerves, we roll in a little late because we don't want to feel like we're lingering and then we're awkwardly sitting there by ourselves. And we want the safety of knowing that there will be other people to absorb that energy when we walk in. Okay. We also make the mistake of because of those same nerves and anxiety, as soon as the event itself wraps up, we roll out because we don't want to experience any awkwardness of hanging out without something to say or someone to talk to. But what we have to start doing is going early because that's when there's a couple minutes, maybe five to 10 minutes of mingling and a free floating and people chatting each other up before the event begins and the environment no longer is conducive to having conversations. And then we have to stay just a little bit longer. I always encourage the length of a Spotify song. If you can just find a way to kind of hang, pack up slowly for three minutes following, you're going to suddenly see opportunities to talk to other people who are doing the same thing. Because if you're coming in late and rolling out early, when did you allow yourself the time to socialize with other people? It certainly can't take place while the event itself is proceeding, right? To give a to give proof uh, of evidence and and effectiveness of this strategy, we have a, a woman who is in our friendship elevated coaching program. It's an eight week program and it's awesome. And my students there are amazing. Um, and she was telling me about how she applied this particular um, advice. And I know she's listening. So what's up to you? I know she's listening. She told me that she used this advice when she was going to the gym. Normally, like everyone else, you get a little nervous. You pack your things and you roll on out. But she forced herself to hang for just just two more minutes, packing up slowly, keeping her eyes alert and above in the room so she's not looking distracted in the phone. And don't you know it, that turned into other ladies chatting her up. Then they exchanged names. Then they ended up taking a group photo together and trying to coordinate times to uh, get together and do something social again. And now she's got this network that materialized simply because she chose to stay two to three minutes after the close of an event. And so I I want you to apply this particular strategy with a speaker or an event of some sort, a lecture or something like that, that is relatively exciting to those who are attending and then uh, apply that there and see what fruit comes of it. Okay. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is something you're already doing, but you're not doing it correctly. And that is choosing the right 
extracurricular groups. Now, you hear this all the time. You probably just rolled your eyes right now like, oh my God, obviously get involved. But some of us are doing it the wrong way. The first reason why you have to join groups is because groups meet on a regular basis. So every Thursday or once a month and repeated exposure is a key ingredient to starting a friendship. Just literally seeing the same people all the time is a main component of building a friendship. These groups do the work for you. So instead of having that awkward moment where you're like, do they want to see me again? How do we, you know, coordinate a meetup? Let's schedule our times. Somebody already did the work for you. They took away that mental labor. So you can rest in knowing that you're going to see this person regularly every week or every month, however often and frequently that group chooses to meet. Once you do find whatever this group is, I want you to ask yourself, if it's socially conducive to what your objective is, which is meeting people and getting to gradually know them. So let's say I love to sing and I join the campus choir. I mean, I strongly encourage you to do that. I'm sure it's a great experience. I know people who have been in like the gospel choir on their campus and it was an amazing experience. However, I want you to think a little bit about what their weekly or monthly meetings look like. If most of the time is spent with a director or a singular person up front and all the attendees listening and getting their parts and then they practice and then they leave, that's less conducive to socializing and conversing and getting to know people than a group that's built upon the premise of chatting and and mingling while you're there and creating opportunities and other events and signups and things like that that encourage you to talk while you're there. So I want you to think about the nature of the group that you're joining and I want you to kind of like look ahead to what their weekly meetings look like because if you guys are doing stuff together but there's no space to talk then it might not be the ideal group for your goal which is to chat people up and to have meaningful uninterrupted conversations got it okay strategy number three is to consider all the waiting consider all the the waiting. I recently read a statistic about how much waiting we do in our lifetime, how much waiting we do per day. And I think we overlook how much time we spend waiting on things. In the college context right here, I want you to think about how you are waiting in line for your meal at whatever the on-campus cafeteria is. I want you to think about how you're waiting for your professor to start the class. You're waiting for the bus on campus. You're waiting for the elevator in your dorm. You're waiting when it's your turn to collect your text book and do your registration there's so much waiting I want you to now explore what you look like during those times of waiting I already know on your phone right now I'm not doing that thing of like these kids are on their phone we all most of us that's our go-to behavior right as we wait but I want you to think about what that looks like from the outside So if I am a person who's like kind of open to small talk or like chatting somebody up and I'm scanning the room for potential candidates for this conversation, I'm obviously going to disqualify you in my mind as a person I'd go up and and chat it up with. Why? Because I don't want to look like I'm interrupting you, especially if you have headphones in. So we have a lack of approachability. We have a certain level of uh, being oblivious when we're in line. And it's because we don't see that as an opportunity to socialize. If I talk to you about like making friends, you're probably having some kind of like mental image right now of being at a party or somebody's house hanging out. But the problem is if you only have those images in your mind associated with opportunities to make friends, you have severely limited the possibilities 
like the range of experiences you could have if you started to realize like oh shoot I guess she's right like I could be possibly like making a friend stand in line while I wait for my textbook yes okay so once you start to see those opportunities as a chance to make friends and train your uh, train your brain to kind of activate for socializing in you know spaces that aren't uh, explicitly social I think you'd be surprised at what comes your way Okay, so let's stay approachable during all those times on campus that you're waiting. Keep your head up, keep your eyes up, maintain a certain level of approachability and watch what happens. Okay, strategy four is this. It's not about joining groups or attending events, but it's this. I want you to position yourself for intrigue. Position yourself for intrigue. So what often happens is we are so uh, concerned When we go out about our social performance and our script and what we're going to say and how we appear and we forget that everyone else is doing the same thing. Most of them. What am I going to say? How am I going to perform? What am I going to do? If that's the case, okay, so we're basing this on that premise. If that's the case that we're all worried about our performance and looking for opportunities to say what's up or to, to talk to another person, you have to ask yourself, How are you positioning yourself to be a person that others would approach? So yeah, a part of socializing is you taking a certain level of initiative. But if other people are walking around with the same intention, well, they're trying to qualify the candidates of people who who look like they'd be a good potential match to chat up. Are you that person? So I'm not just saying like, oh, send out good vibes. I'm personally, whenever I hear that advice, I'm like, what? does that mean like oh we just don't have the same vibe send out vibes okay that's a whole other thing but I mean something very concretely this is what you're going to do to signal uh, that you're open to kind of welcoming these opportunities this is something you're probably already doing but you're not realizing the effectiveness of it you're going to wear a t-shirt with a band that you freaking love. You're going to wear earrings that are not easy to find in Forever 21. I'm not knocking them, but you know, something that's kind of like out of the box, like, oh my gosh, those earrings are so interesting. You're going to wear a funky watch or a um, conversation piece pin on your backpack. You're going to do certain things that make it easy for another person to compliment you and chat you up. Recently, I did a poll on my personal Instagram account uh, that's at Danielle Byrett Jackson on Instagram. And if you follow me, you know, we love doing little polls and talking about little controversial things and, and things like that. And I asked women recently about their main conversation starter. Now, I have a particular method that I teach in my program about, you know, four tangible ways to start a conversation with another person. But I asked women, well, what's your go-to way of striking up a conversation with a stranger? Overwhelmingly, more than 80% said a compliment. Works like a charm. Here's my question to you. If we know that that's how women tend to start a conversation with another woman and show, hey, I'm interested in socializing, what are you doing that makes it very easy? Okay? I'm not saying go dye your hair a random color and to start going doing crazy things. But what are you doing that serves as conversation pieces and makes it easy for other people to invite you? So a part of this is to stop worrying so much about your performance and to see if you can almost be strategic about how you position yourself to receive others' interests and invitations. 
So a lot of us, I know it's, it's popular now to get your clothes from, um, gosh, like Shein or get your necklace from Kendra Scott. You know what I'm saying? I get all that. But what's funny is some of us are trying to kind of blend in and we don't even realize it's working against our objective, which is to make conversation and to make interesting conversation and to be approachable and inviting and interesting, you know, and so kind of having those things on deck. And I'm sure you can think of several other examples of the things you can do to invite this kind of conversation, just being mindful. And I think you'd be surprised. I mean, literally, I was in the airport with my husband and somebody saw his hat and they just shouted like, hey, go Niners. And they had a whole conversation because of the hat that he was wearing. It just invites conversation, especially for the person who's eager and happy to do it. Are you positioning yourself to be intriguing as a potential candidate for conversation? And finally, strategy number five is to really leverage the power of your super connector uh, network. This is what I mean. A super connector is typically, typically an extrovert who thrives on introducing two different groups. I'd like to consider myself one. I know a lot of my friends are too. Maybe that's why we get along so well. But this is the person who's like, hey, Maria, oh my gosh, you should meet my friend Tiffany. You guys would love each other. And they're always finding a way to make connections. They're very social. They're in the mix. Why not take advantage of that person's willingness and happiness to bring two people together? So I want you to identify who these people are in your circle. And I know it's new. I know it might be the first or second week of school and you're trying to figure it out, but you've probably already observed by now who those people are, right? So it might even be your roommate. Um, honestly, it might be your RA who is like primed for this kind of behavior and responsibility, right? Connecting people. And I want you to simply ask them this, hey, I'm trying to get plugged in around here and I notice that you're always in the mix. You always have, you know, friends around you. You're always doing something. I'm just, I was just wondering, is there like anything on campus you feel like is worth checking out? Like activities are like actually worth my time. They're actually fun. That person, especially if you've chosen the right candidate, is excited to tell you all the places you should go and all the little spots in the cut that are a little underground that people don't necessarily know about and put you on. And so, you know, they that you have a couple uh, possible outcomes here. They're either going to answer your question explicitly and give recommendations for places you should go, things that you should do, activities you should involve yourself in. They might depending on their their energy and their welcoming you know nature they might say like actually yeah a couple of us you know attend this thing every tuesday night you should come and you find yourself giving getting an invite out of it but the reason why this doesn't happen for a lot of us is because we are so self-conscious about making our desire known we feel so self-conscious about saying hey i'm looking to get plugged in i'm trying to meet more people because we're like does that look lame but you cannot get a need met if you're scared to voice it and you should take comfort in this particular situation and knowing that most of the people around you feel the exact same way Okay, so you cannot get a need met that you have not made known. And if the goal is to get plugged in, identify those super connectors, your roommates, your RA, the girl you see on campus who's always doing things, whatever, and say, I'm trying to get plugged in. I notice you always are attending different things. You've always got, you know, a group around you. And I was just wondering if you have recommendations for spots you think are worth me checking out. That's it. 
That's not a, a text or a message that screams, I want friends, can I join you? Okay? Even though with some people that might work too, let's be honest. All right? But these are five strategies to at least get you started. And like I said, massage them, tweak them a little bit to feel like your own. But I just want you to try them. If you find yourself right now saying like, oh gosh, I don't have the nerve to do that. I don't know how to start that. It's all about just getting started. I know it's easier said than done, but for the woman who's doing these things, she's probably setting herself up to have exponentially more opportunities than the girl who's completely immobilized by her fear of getting started. Now, we outlined today five ways to kind of just get things moving, get some momentum going. If you're kind of stuck right now on the details and you're like, yeah, but Dina, what do, like, what do I say? And then what do I say after she says that thing? How do I keep it going in it? That's literally what my program is about. So if you're in a place where you're like, okay, the tips and tricks are great, but I want more. I want scripts. I want, you know, more strategies. I want to learn more about how to make this natural for myself. You can find all that information on betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership and join our eight-week program where videos drop every week to teach you more details about this very thing I'm talking about and the best part in my opinion it includes four coaching sessions with me so all the details are at betterfemalefriendships.com but in the meantime I want you to know that I am thinking of you I feel for you because I know that you know it can be very intimidating but for those of us on the other side who've gotten through college will tell you like those first few weeks might feel rough but it gets so much easier as you get comfortable and people start to kind of make connections so if you've tried any of these strategies and they work you know I want to hear about it. I want you to come tell me on Instagram at friendforward or you can DM me on TikTok at the friendship expert because one of my favorite things in the world is celebrating with you. And if you have questions, you can hit us up on email at hello at betterfemalefriendships.com. So as always, I am rooting for you on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.